servant of God, Dorothy Day, once said, love casts out fear, but we have to get over the fear in order to get close enough to love them. Welcome to the 35th episode of St. Dymphna's Playbook, the SDP, if you want to be cool, a production of the Grexley Podcast Network. My name is Tommy. I'm a cradle Catholic, a marriage and family therapist, a husband and father of five boys, four on earth and one in heaven. Love you, Luke. And I'm here to fill the void of Catholic conversations about mental health because I want to encourage all of us to get as close as possible to those who are suffering because the love we can bring just by being willing to get close can change lives. We like to kick it off around here with a quick refresh of our notifications. It's time for St. Dymphna's Mentions. First up, I received a DM asking me to address something about Lent in the podcast. It read, I hear people go serious with their penances and it feels heavy. How can we avoid unhealthy penances? Thanks so much for sending this in. I think the topic of Lenten penances is one we all think about. However, we might tend to avoid asking about it because we don't want to be called wimps or have our commitment to the gospel questioned. It's so sad that Lent being hard or filled with self-inflicted suffering is seen as a sign of one's seriousness about the Christian faith. In reality, my Lenten sacrifice might seem like nothing to some and like an absurdly difficult penance to others. We have to avoid worrying about what others think, even though it's ridiculously hard. Avoid hearing others' penances and thinking, should I be doing something like that? As with all goals we set for ourselves, I think a great way to ensure our Lenten practices and sacrifices are healthy and helpful is to make them smart. Specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound. Specific, we shouldn't pick a Lenten penance like pray daily. Instead, we should say pray one rosary each day or pray one of the hours of the divine office each day measurable. It can't be something like be a nice person, but rather something like call one friend each week to see how they're doing. Attainable. Don't pick read the entire Bible before Easter, but rather read one of the four Gospels before Easter. Something you can realistically do. Relevant. Let's make it something about helping us grow closer to Jesus, move forward down the road of faith. Giving up ice cream is always popular to talk about, but is it relevant to our relationship with Christ? And lastly, time bound. This is the one that Lent helps with a lot since it's just straight up 40 days. If our Lenten penances are smart, we can be sure that we're doing something that will be right for us personally rather than trying to measure up with others. Oh, and I should say that Lenten penances aren't mandatory. So if you're in a place where you can't even imagine trying to pull something off right now other than surviving, that's okay. We'll be praying for you. On to the next topic. When... Uh, What do we do when our holy heroes are found to have done terrible things? This obviously came up when the news about Jean Vanier broke, and it's impossible for me to capture all of the thoughts that come up in such a short little segment on the podcast, so I'll try to stick to a couple of quick points. First, ultimately, our trust can only be in Jesus. I know it's maybe a cliche thing to say, but as this happens over and over again, we start to see how true this is. Everyone and everything in the world might let us down. So while we can look up to holy heroes, look up to saints, look up even to our friends and family members, spouses, we have to remember that when it all comes down to it, only Jesus can satisfy our longing. Only Jesus has the answer to all of our questions in life. Second, know that it doesn't say anything bad about us 
if a person who helped us grow in our faith turns out to have made bad choices. I know there can be a temptation to feel something like something must be wrong with us when we find a, a person we looked up to, a person who had an impact on our faith, turns out to be someone who engaged in reprehensible behavior. When we find out that they weren't or aren't the person we thought they were, but let me be clear, it doesn't say anything about us. We live our lives as best we can with the knowledge we have at the time. And when we come to a point where we find out an assumption we had was incorrect, it doesn't mean that we're bad. When we find out that someone that we looked up to or someone who helped us grow closer to Christ did something bad, it does not mean that we're bad. It's hard to accept, I know, but it's true. Stay focused, keep your eyes on Christ, and let's continue to cry out the only prayer that makes sense in times like these, Jesus. I trust in you. So each episode, I'm going to introduce you to a saint who can help us along our journey with mental health and wellness as Catholics. It's called Friend Request. And today I'm here to introduce you to St. Josephine Bakita. Born in 1869 in Darfur, Josephine was only seven or eight years old when she was abducted by slave traders and sold into slavery five times over the course of the next 12 years. She was traumatized so intensely that she even forgot her own birth name and took the name Bakita Arabic for lucky, which was the name given to her by one of her slavers. She was forcibly converted to Islam. At one point, one of her slavers needed a place for Bikita to stay while he was away, and based on a recommendation, had her stay with the Kenoshan sisters, and this is where she first encountered Christianity. Recalling this time, she once said, Those holy mothers instructed me with heroic patience and introduced me to that God who from childhood I had felt in my heart without knowing who he was. She was freed and chose to stay with the Kenoshans, living the rest of her life with them. When once asked, what would you do if you were to meet your captors? Without hesitation, she responded, if I were to meet those who kidnapped me and even those who tortured me, I would kneel and kiss their hands. For if these things had not happened, I would not have been a Christian and a religious today. St. Josephine Bakita is an incredible example of perseverance in the midst of trauma and an intense focus on Christ in spite of the world around her being in absolute turmoil, and she's a great advocate for all of us trying so hard to be freed from our traumatic past. We like to close out this part of the podcast with a prayer, so here we go. Loving God, rewarder of the humble, you blessed St. Josephine Bikita with charity and patience. May her prayers help us and her example inspire us to carry our cross and to love you always. Pour upon us the spirit of wisdom and love with which you filled St. Josephine Bikita. By serving you as she did, may we please you by our faith and our actions. Grant this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. And now, you can't do therapy over Twitter, but I'm happy to take your tweets and help you explore a bit in the hopes of finding a light in the darkness. It's time for Twitter Therapy. Anonymous gets us started. Can you help me understand how addiction to alcohol and drugs affect a person? A person in my life is addicted to alcohol, and I don't understand how he can make the choices he has. They continue to deeply and irreparably harm his family and me personally. His actions go against what he holds dear to himself as core values. I'm devastated by watching someone I love be consumed by so much self-hate and destruction. How can I cope with this, and how can I best support the addict in my life, especially when he pushes me away? 
Thank you so much for sending in this question, Anonymous, and I'm pretty sure there are a lot of other listeners currently in the midst of similar situations, so I think it's going to help a lot of people to know they aren't alone. Let's start off with a prayer for all those suffering from addiction and all those who love them and so desperately want them to get help but don't know how. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. First, it's important to get yourself connected to a community who can understand what you're going through and provide practical tips for helping you know how to move forward. Al-Anon is a great place to start, and you can hop online and find a group nearby and get connected to it. As they say, they're people who are just like you, worried about someone with a drinking problem. So look up Al-Anon and try and get connected. Next, it's important to know and remind yourself over and over again that addiction is a disease. It's a brain disorder, and our loved ones who are addicted to drugs or alcohol need treatment. The disease of addiction leads those suffering to make choices and decisions they wouldn't make if they could be freed from it by their own will. Choices like pushing away their family to continue their use, stealing, taking advantage of loved ones, engaging in risky behaviors, etc. So remember, the behaviors that cause you the most pain, frustration, and anguish are all symptoms of the disease, not your loved one choosing with their own free will to hurt you. That being said, you also have to make sure that you keep yourself a priority, taking care of your mental health, calming your stress levels, and putting up boundaries when needed to keep you mentally and emotionally healthy. We'll keep up the prayers. A different anonymous stop by, can a marriage to someone with NPD get better? Can marriage counseling help when there are personality disorders? Thank you so much for sending this in. Let's all start by praying for this anonymous and all trying to work through personality disorders, those longing for relationships, and those longing to improve their current relationships. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. First, there's always hope. And just the fact that you're asking this question, that you're wanting to move forward, is a sign of strength, a sign of hope, and a sign that things can get better. Let's go through what NPD, or Narcissistic Personality Disorder, actually is, according to the DSM-5. NPD is a pervasive pattern of grandiosity, a need for admiration, and a lack of empathy, as indicated by five or more of the following. Number one, has a grandiose sense of self-importance. Number two, is preoccupied with fantasies of unlimited success, power, or brilliance, beauty, or ideal love. Number three, believes that he or she is special and unique and can only be understood by or should associate with other special or high status people. Number four, requires excessive admiration. Number five, has a sense of entitlement. Number six, is interpersonally exploited exploitative, like takes advantage of others to achieve his or her own ends. Number seven, lacks empathy, is unwilling to recognize or identify with the feelings and needs of others. Number eight, is often envious of others or believes that others are envious of him or her. And number nine, shows arrogant, haughty behaviors or attitude. Now, in terms of therapy, most experts would agree that couples therapy in this situation might not be as effective as individual therapy for the person coping with the symptoms noted above. Too often, the individual experiences the symptoms, uh, experiencing the symptoms, ends up walking out, or may stick around just to see a temporary improvement, but just until their symptoms get triggered. So my thought would be to gently encourage individual therapy as a path toward healing, both as an individual and the relationship. 
It's hard work, but please know that you have our prayers. A third anonymous wraps us up. I've been dealing with panic attacks for about the past four months. They haven't been happening frequently, but when they do happen, I just feel like giving up. I feel so unworthy, and they've only been happening in a worship setting. My therapist says he thinks it could be happening because since my first panic attack happened there, being back in that atmosphere is triggering more. How do I move on from this? I trust God, but the way I'm feeling right now is more than I can bear. Such an important question, and thank you so, so much for sending it in. Let's join in and pray for Anonymous and all of us trying to live with panic attacks. May God give all of us peace in our hearts this very day. Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Turn then, most gracious advocate, thine eyes of mercy toward us, and after this our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary, pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Amen. That feeling of wanting to give up, that feeling of being unworthy because of panic attacks is 100% normal, but you need to hear that it's also 100% a lie. Panic attacks are not a failure on your part. They aren't because you've done something wrong. They aren't because something is lacking in you. You are worthy. You are worthy of every good thing God has waiting for you. Here's something to know about anxiety. In order for the typical anxiety coping skills to work, like deep breathing, mindfulness, all of that, those skills need to be employed before a panic attack comes on. Once a panic attack is happening, as most of those of us suffering from them will attest, there's nothing you can do really but ride it out. Most people feel like they're going to die, like literally going to die when a panic attack sets in. But thankfully, even though it doesn't feel like it when it's happening at all, they will eventually calm. So one important step is to start thinking about what triggers the anxiety. What's the thought or the physical sensation that immediately precedes the anxiety starting to rise? Next, make a list of coping skills that work for you uh, when anxiety starts uh, creeping in. Then you can pull out that list and start going through the coping skills and using them to help abate the anxiety before they transition into a full-blown panic attack rather than having to try to come up with your own ideas while anxiety is rising. I mean, that's impossible, right? It's true that anxiety can also be triggered by a place, a worship environment, for example, and it may be that you need to stay free from that trigger for a time. However, you can come up with a plan for slowly transitioning back into the space, slowly taking steps that would give you a bit of anxiety, working to cope with it, and going step by step forward. Start by driving to church and parking in the parking lot, for example. Take the next step of walking by the church and on forward like that. Stick with your therapist, keep working on it, and remember, above all things, that you You are loved, you are worthy, and God is with you. All right, everyone, that's it for today's episode. Remember, you can email, DM, or tweet your questions and situations if you'd like me to address them in the future. I'd be happy to keep you anonymous or not, whatever you want. Be sure to check out patreon.com slash grexley to see all the great stuff they've got going on over there and support the cause. Until next time, go easy on yourselves, take care of yourselves, and if you feel like you're in a place where you can't even bring yourself to pray, don't worry, I'll be praying for you. And so will St. Dymphna.